Peace is a sign of a divine position with the Father and a sign of divine guidance. So when you're at peace, you can be assured that you are in right relationship with the Father. Because Jesus is the mediator between God and man. And when Jesus mediates for you, for us and we obey him, then peace comes. Now I'm in right standing with the Father and I can hear Father speak. Father don't sound like the Son. When my dad speaks, he don't sound like me. So the father's voice is different. So when you're at peace, know that you're in right relationship with the father. And now you're ready to receive what he delights in. And what does he delight in? You're receiving. That's what he delights in. You're receiving. Because he said, if you abide in me, and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. That means you had nothing to do with it, right? Well, who did it? The word. The word did it. So he said, it's done for you. And he said, by this, the father is glorified and you're my disciple. So there's the best sign to know if you're the true disciple of Jesus Christ. If you're in him, his word is in you. And then you ask anything you want because the reason he said now ask anything you want. Because now you're going to ask according to his will. Because the word is in your mind, in your head. And you're going to be thinking differently now. You're going to be thinking on those things that are in my heart. That are connected to those things that are above. That are first pure, lovely, and a good report. And praiseworthy. So. Now I'm going to get into this message. Lay a little bit of foundation there. You have to know how to live a God-centered life. Before you can start reigning in this life. Reigning means God has given you dominion. You're supposed to be the head, not the tail, right? You're supposed to be the lender, not the borrower. God has given us all this provision that we can be this. But only the truth can set us free in the knowing of how to, how to receive it. So... The Holy Spirit, let's go to, and, and Richard, the title of this is Grow to Know and Know to Reign. R-E-I-G-N. Grow to Know and Know to Reign. So let's turn to Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. 
And now this is the Apostle Paul repeating what the Holy Spirit is saying through him to the church of Ephesus. Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, I'll read. Therefore, I also, after I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not mention to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the majesty on high. Far above all principalities, powers, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but the age to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is, a, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now listen. There's some powerful, powerful keys in those verses. When Jesus said, I have given you the keys to the kingdom. The keys to the kingdom. Okay, so there's certain keys, which are principles in the word, that unlock the kingdom. The manifestation of the kingdom. So, there's, not, there's nine of them in those verses. And I'm just going to read them real quick. The first one was faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The second one was love for all the saints. Third one was the spirit of wisdom. Fourth is the spirit of revelation. Fifth is the knowledge of Jesus. Sixth is the eyes of your understanding. And seven, the hope of his calling. And eight, the riches of his glory. And nine, the greatness of his power. So these are the nine keys to, to knowing and reigning. Nine principles to know him and reign with him. And they go in that order. Because listen, Paul said, if you look at those verses, Paul said, I heard of your faith in Jesus and your love for the saints. So... There's an order there. So after he heard that their faith was truly in Jesus, and he heard that, that everybody loved each other. Now when the Bible talks about saints, he's, the Bible's talking about you and me. If you're truly born again, uh, you're a saint, according to the Bible. So Paul heard that their faith in Jesus was real, and their love for each other was real. So then he said, so I'm going to pray now that you receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that it would descend upon you to, know, to the knowledge of Jesus. Now listen, he saw that they had faith in Jesus. 
Now you would think if you had faith in Jesus, you would know him, right? It's hard to have faith in somebody you don't know. But what we have faith in when it comes to Jesus is faith in the power of God through Jesus Christ. And Jesus said that. He said your faith should be in the power of God. And he is the power of God. So so that's what our faith is in. But now he's saying, I'm going to pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation descend upon you to the knowledge of Jesus. And so we can have faith in him and not know him. And that's where that's what the, been the, one of the biggest weaknesses I've seen in the church today is there's a lot of faith in Jesus, but they don't know him. They don't know him. Because if they knew him, they would be reigning with him. They would have dominion. They would be free. Spirit, soul, body, and finance. If you know him, you will be free. Come on. If I wasn't free, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be sitting up here standing. I know him. And I'm going to show you how to do it. Right through these scriptures that the Lord gave me this whole message a few days ago. We must receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know him. Now listen. The spirit of wisdom. What that does, it releases practical, workable principles. The spirit of wisdom, when it descends upon you. It will release practical, practical and workable principles. Well, what are the practical and workable principles? There's none of them in this, in this whole text. Now that when the spirit of revelation is descended, because it's two spirits he's talking about. When it's, when it's descended, it releases clear perception and applicable understanding. Clear perception and applicable understanding. So these two spirits give way to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. They give way to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. By clear perception, applicable understanding, and the principles that work for gaining the knowledge of him. So if your faith is in Jesus... And you truly love the saints and you don't have offenses in you towards, towards someone else and bitterness and unforgiveness and all this stuff that goes on. Then you are ready for the spirit of wisdom and understanding to descend upon you. Now notice Paul the apostle had to pray for that to come on the church. So Paul is our example that the apostles in the church have to pray for that to come on the people. You just can't pray that yourself. Because Paul saw and heard of their faith in Jesus and their love for one another. So now he's making mention of them in his prayers to God. And praying to God that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would descend upon them. So when you are ready... 
and you know that your faith is truly in Jesus Christ and truly you love the saints and the brothers and sisters, then we will have prayer and we will pray to God that the spirit of wisdom and, and revelation would descend upon you. Because without those two spirits, you cannot know him. You, it's impossible to know him. And I'll show you through the scripture. The word revelation is used in, in two ways in the Bible. One, the scriptures are called the revealed word of God. This scripture is the revealed word of God. This is God manifesting himself in word. Now, the second way is he reveals is his, his revealing work, which is the prophetic insight into the word. It's the finality of the whole revelation. So this is when the word becomes a mirror to you. When revelation comes in that way to you, it becomes a mirror to you. So when God reveals a scripture to me, then that scripture is a mirror for me. So I should look like that scripture. My life should mirror that scripture. And if it doesn't, then God has given me the wisdom and the revelation to get there. Because the mirror is the word of God. So when we open up this word, we should see ourselves. Our character, our whole being should be in this word. So it is when we are able to look into and perceive and understand the law of freedom. Amen. This is the law of freedom. When we look into it as a mirror, we should see the law of freedom. And this is how the knowledge of him is known. This is when you re realize that his thoughts are not my thoughts. Nor his ways, my ways. When that scripture that's just illuminated me is opposite of the way I think and the way I live. So that's why he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways your ways. But when we accept that we are supposed to be like him, and we accept that because the word is not condemning. There's no condemnation in the word. So when we see a scripture and say, wow, that's not me, but that's who he wants you to become. That's how he wants you to become like that word. So don't let the enemy come in and put condemnation on you. Because we're supposed to be like him. So then 
The second principle was the eyes of our understanding are enlightened. Which means that our heart is receiving the brightness of his hope. So when wisdom and uh, revelation comes and your heart gets flooded with light. The brightness of his hope comes into your heart. And that hope is the key word, which is his hope in us. Because we had no hope without him. So it's his hope in us. And that hope, which is his hope, is the wealth of the father's of the father's investment in us. Now listen to that. The wealth of the father's investment in us. So when he says the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That means your eyes of your understanding is being lit up by the revelation that's coming forth. Now when he said eyes, he said plural. It says plural. Eyes. didn't say I. It said eyes. Plural. So what is the eyes of our understanding? Now, when I think about understanding, I think about my intellect. That's not the eyes of our understanding. Everything has to be born in the spirit before it comes into the soul. It has to start in the spirit realm before it comes into the soul. So what are the eyes? The three eyes. They are spiritual eyes. And I asked the Lord, what, where are they? What are they? What, where, are they? where is it? And he said, it's the eye of the Father, the eye of the Son, and the eye of the Holy Spirit, which is the eyes of the Trinity. So then he said, Gene, go to your vision that I gave you. And he said, this is the eye of the Father. The intuition. That's where he shows up. This is the eye of Jesus where we commune with him. This is the eye of conscience where we discern what's right and wrong. And that's the, the, the function of timing and release of the plan of God. So you see that eye is the eyes, plural, of our understanding. So when the revelation comes and it floods your spirit with light, then it's enlightening the eyes of your understanding. Because when the revelation hits intuition, it goes into communion. I mean, you begin to fellowship with that word. That's what communion means. And then it goes into this, uh, conscience, where the conscience judges it. It's a discerning function. And then the conscience holds it for a timing and release of the Holy Spirit to deliver it into the soul. So, Psalm 32.8 says, Lord, instruct me. 
and teach me the way I should go and guide me with your eye. Psalm 32, 8. Lord, instruct me and teach me the way I should go and guide me with your eye. So, the three eyes are the eyes of the Trinity, which make up God the Father. It's all in one. So he's guiding us with his eye. He's instructing us with his eye. He's teaching us with his eye. He's showing us the way to go in every business decision, decision, every relationship with his eye. Because we have to look on the inside to make decisions. If you make, if you have to look on the outside to make your decisions, you're off track. You're missing the mark. Every decision that you make in your life should start right here on the inside. So if your peace is not there, it gets disrupted. Then the umpire is saying, you're fixing to strike out. You can have not have peace in your head. Because not all of us are there yet. We're still working that thing out. But if you disrupt your peace in your heart. When you're laboring over decision. Then you're fixing, fixing to miss the mark. That's a sacred place. And we can let anything go down and touch that. It can't penetrate it. But it can touch it. And that's what we have to be careful of. So when the eyes of your spirit is flooded with wisdom and revelation, which is clear perception, applicable understanding, and the principles for gaining the knowledge of Jesus, then you will know the hope of his calling. Now, that's not your calling. I, I read it. There's several different versions, but one of the versions says in, in small capital, uh, his calling, meaning your calling. No, I, I said, Lord, is that my calling? He said, no. He says, my calling. And I said, well, what's your calling? So he took me on. He said, when your spirit is flooded with light, there is a knowing there is a knowing you can't get off of it. it 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 just lands right there in your heart it lands right here it just fills this with that knowing in your spirit when that revelation comes and that knowing is the hope of his calling so what is the hope of his calling it is the return of the wealth of his investment. The return of the wealth of his investment. Or you say, Gene, what is the return of the wealth of his investment? And Jesus said, it's the redemption of the purchased possession. 
Who is that? You. Me. The total redemption. Redemption means redeemed, made whole. The total redemption of me and you is the hope of his calling. Your spirit, your soul, your body, your finances, all you've been set free in. That's the hope of his calling. And don't you know he's going to answer that call? So, his return is the wealth of his son. The father's return is the wealth of his son being manifested in the earth through us. His glory being manifested through us. So there's three things we know through the spirit of wisdom and revelation. These are very important. There's three things that we must know through the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The first one is the hope of his calling, which is the return of his investment, the purchased bride. The purchased bride. That is the hope of his calling. The second thing we must know is the riches of his glory. The riches of his glory. And the third thing we must know is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us. The exceeding greatness of his power towards us. Now, when you have those th three things in your knower, now this is how you obtain knowledge in him. This is how you obtain knowledge in him. So, the second, you know, we, we talked about the first one, the hope of his calling. Now let's talk about the riches of his glory. What are the riches of his glory? I said, Lord, what are the riches of your glory? Is it your manifest presence? Is it the glory of your presence coming into the house, coming where we are? He said, no, that's just a measure. So I said, Lord, show me in your word where you can tell me the true riches of your glory. And he said, go to Revelation 5.12. And Revelation 5.12 says, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, and glory and blessing. These are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. You and me. That's the riches of his glory that's in you. That's in me. So he goes on to say that the inheritance of power, that's an inheritance. You inherit his power. You inherit his riches. You inherit his wisdom. You inherit his strength. You inherit his honor. You inherit his glory. And you inherit his blessings. 
This is a sevenfold inheritance to you. Those are seven things, seven riches within his glory, meaning perfect. It's perfect glory. So, so when we have his presence come in, that's just one major. That's just one of the seven. Look how much we've missed. Now, can you imagine when all seven of them show up? And it's because somebody is operating with it. It's coming through you. It's manifesting through you. God has to work through you. He can do nothing unless he works through you. And you have to know him before he'll work through you. You have to know him before he can work through you. So that's a sevenfold inheritance in you. So think about this. If we're called to the fourfold Abrahamic covenant, then that means there's a sevenfold inheritance within the fourfold. Did you get that? So there's a sevenfold inheritance within the fourfold. The fourfold is what? He'll bless you spiritually. He'll bless you in your mind. He'll bless you in your body. And he will bless you financially and materially. Now you think about the seven riches of his glory being housed in those four. That's powerful. This is awesome revelation. And it's all line upon line. It's lining up with scripture. The knowing, knowing the riches of his glory. I said, Lord, what is knowing? He said, spiritual ownership. When you know it, that is called spiritual ownership. It is yours. Now, God delivered it to you. And he said, now it's yours. Now, how are you going to manifest it? Obedience. But you have to have something to obey. And the only thing he's required us to obey is two things. His word and his spirit. So, when wisdom and revelation deliver the knowing to you of what's yours, it's yours. You become owner. God says, now that's all I can do. Now you have to know me to manifest what you've taken ownership of. And how do you know him? If you know his word, you know him.
makes an entry. So when my heart is full of light through the wisdom and revelation, then I have to do two things. Actually, three things. I have to meditate on the Word. And as I meditate on that Word, it's applying it to my soul. It's making contact with my soul. And that brings my soul into a rest. My head comes into a rest. And I'm telling you, when my head came into rest, I didn't want anything else. Because really, that's what I was seeking. Through different roads and different things and people and things and this goes on and on and on. So that's how you know the word made its landing is when your soul, your mind is at rest. In the midst of persecution, in the midst of accusation, in the midst of tribulation, in the midst of uh, uh, opposition. Perfect rest. Now that's how you know the Holy Spirit is about to prompt you to act on that word that you meditate on to manifest what just got delivered into your spirit. Are you getting this? It's simple. But it's not simple till you the revelation comes. Knowing is spiritual ownership. The ownership of power, the ownership of riches, the ownership of wisdom, the ownership of strength, the ownership of honor, the ownership of glory, and the ownership of blessing. You become the owner of these things. So the return of the purchased possession is the restored man in Christ Jesus. This man all lit up right here on this wall is a restored man. See what it says right here? Complete. He's the restored man in Christ Jesus. That man did everything right. What I'm talking about tonight. And he's restored. And you can see the power on him. There's no darkness. When you got darkness, you're limited in power. Knowing, then it goes on to say, to know the exceeding greatness of his power. After the eyes of your understanding have been enlightened, to know the exceeding greatness of his power. So, to those who believe. So what is that kind of power? It's the resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead. It's the Holy Spirit power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Father far above all principalities, powers, might, dominion, and every name that is named in this age and the age to come. Now you think about that. Resurrection power is in you. Because it brought you out of death into light so that power is in you so how can I get that power to work again 
Now that was supernatural and that power grabbed a hold of me and took me into the kingdom of light just like that. Because I was Satan's man. I was his fair-headed boy. I, 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 I had all kind of devils. Man can't deliver himself. You've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus Christ to have any kind of deliverance from demonic oppression and demonic dominion in your life. So that power gives you dominion over principalities in your life, over powers in your life, over might in your life, and every name that is named, that means cancer has to go. Debt has to go. Poverty has to go. It says every name that is above, he is, that every name above every name. So the resurrection power brings you in touch such an exalted place in the spirit realm that there is no name above that name of Jesus Christ. So now you have power over the name of cancer. Cancer is a name. Debt is a name. Poverty is a name. You have power over those names. So why haven't we received that kind of power? Big question mark. Why haven't we received, we received that kind of power? Well, let's go back to Revelation 5.12. It says, Worthy is a lamb who is slain. That's the key word. Who received power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, and glory, and blessing. So the resurrection power to live, the resurrection power to live the resurrected life comes through the death of your power. The death of your riches you created without him. The death of your wisdom, worldly wisdom. The death of your strength. The death of your honor. The death of your glory. And the death of your blessing that you created yourself. So that's how resurrection power comes. Praise the Lord. But the beauty thing about it, he even gives you the power to die. Because we struggle with dying. We struggle with letting go. He gives us the power to even, Jesus Christ said, listen, I have the power to lay down my life. Nobody could kill him. But he had the power to lay down his life. So you could have the same power. See, when he had the power to lay down his life, he was delivering that power over to you. So when things start grabbing hold of you, 
That's how you know the inheritance is near. Because it says bondage increases when the promise draws near. And my two precious brothers here, man, bondage had increased. But the promise was near. So near. And they've experienced a resurrection in many ways. So having this kind of knowledge that what's at hand is a great exchange. The darkest hour in the doorway of change is laying down your power for his power. Because the Holy Spirit is there trying to give it to you. He's trying to give you the power to lay down this man right here at this doorway. So he can resurrect on the other side over here with Christ. You see that? The power's in you. The resurrection power's in you. It's going to help you lay down your life. But when the darkest hour comes and you've got trouble on the inside and you've got trouble on the outside and you can't see past your trouble, then you have to know that the promise is drawing near to you. And bondage is getting its last grip. Because all that demonic influence don't want to let go of you. Because why? They got to go back to Satan. And say we just failed again. Jesus Christ just got the victory. And believe me Satan hates every time he hears that. That Jesus got the victory. Listen. Jesus said I lead you into triumph. He's leading you into triumph. So even when things aren't going right, he is always leading you into triumph. One time the Lord told me, he said, Gene, I, don't always, I, don't, I won't always speak to you, but I will always lead you. Because he's a shepherd. He's the overseer of my soul, not my spirit. The word says he's the overseer of the soul. So the only thing he's going to oversee is his word. So his word makes him Lord over your life. So that's why he's called Savior and Lord. He saved the spirit man. But the Holy Spirit works with you to work out that salvation into the soul. And when that word makes its landing, he becomes Lord over the soul. He becomes the overseer over the soul. And when he's overseeing you, there's guaranteed success. And I'll show you. Guaranteed success. Resurrection power, resurrection power. We have to lay down our life and return for his power. All of this is through the precious work of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says, 
We are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. He's the Holy Spirit of the promise. It says we are sealed with it. Then it goes on to say that he is our guarantee of our inheritance until the purchased possession is in praise of his glory. Now, when you're made whole, you got something to praise him about. I don't hear much praise going on when people are messed up. But the Bible says we're supposed to praise all the time. In the dark hour, in the light. We're supposed to give thanks in the dark hour, give thanks in the light. In all things. So, he is our guarantee of our inheritance until the purchased possession, which is you and me, is in praise of his glory. And what's his glory? The riches of his glory. That's the full manifestation of his glory. He just showed us. So, it says the seal in that verse. He said you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The seal is justification, acceptance, authority, and glory. He's sealing you with justification. You've been justified by the blood of Jesus. He's sealing you with the acceptance of the Father. He's sealing you with authority. And he's sealing you with the glory of his son. We have no glory. He has the glory. Remember, we had to die to our glory to receive his glory. So, awesome, awesome. So, the guarantee in that verse means first installment, the down payment, a security deposit. Now listen, when the Holy Spirit guarantees something, don't you know it's going to come to pass? Because he has the power to bring it to pass. So the guarantee is the first installment in the purchased possession. The down payment that the father is going to receive his inheritance, his investment on the redeemed purchased, which is you and me. So he guarantees the outcome of that. The Holy Spirit is saying tonight that I am guaranteeing the outcome of that. I am guaranteeing to you the outcome of being a complete man in Christ. And I am guaranteeing that I can make it easy for you. Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So listen, if the Holy Spirit is guaranteeing that he's going to do something and he's called the helper, then what's our part? Obedience. Obedience. And listen, you have to obey when the circumstances around you are just the opposite of what you're, he's asking you to do. So... The return of his glory through us to the Father is the whole man. Amen. Praise the Lord. Listen. 
Does anybody have any questions on this message? Because it's deep. And, but if you get the four checklist to living a, live, living a God-centered life, we got to get that right per- first. Because the spirit of wisdom and revelation can't descend on a life that's not God-centered. And he makes it easy. So God is training us. Jesus is training us to live a God-centered life so that we can have the fullness of his life. Dominion. Freedom. I love it. I love the Apostle Paul when he said, I am free. Free from what? He said, I'm free from man. That's freedom. If you can get get free from man's control. So listen. Galatians 6, 6 says, now we're going to sow into the Lord. We're going to sow into the Lord. Galatians 6, 6 says... And and the Lord gave it to me this this way this afternoon, right before I left. He said, let him who receives instruction. How many received instruction tonight? Just one, two, three, everybody. How many? Let him who receives instruction in the word share all good things with his teacher. Contributing to the support of the word. Now, if you've received instruction tonight and the teacher is Jesus Christ, this is a vessel, he's the teacher, then we're supposed to share all good things with him. And I said, Lord, what is all good things? So he had me look up good things in the Greek. And it says to share their resources with him, to share their wealth with him. So when we sow, we're sowing into the teacher. Our resources, our wealth. And it goes on to say, contributing to the support of the gospel of our salvation. When we give to the hearing of the word. Oh, I love this. He said, when they give to the hearing of the word, they become a partaker of what was taught. A partaker of what was taught. So that means a partaker means you are reaping, you're going to reap the life that was on this word tonight. So that means when you give to the Lord, you are connecting with that life. So Galatians 6, 7 and 8 says, I'm going to read this real quick and I'm done. Galatians 6, 7 and 8. It says, right after that verse, let him who is taught in the word share all good things with him who teaches. The very next verse says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. If he sows to his flesh, he will reap of the flesh trouble. 
If he sows to the Spirit, he will reap of the Spirit everlasting life. So what he is saying there is, if the flesh keeps you from sowing, then you just sow to the flesh. Galatians 6. Galatians 6. 6, 7, and 8. Three verses. So, when you give, you are connecting with life and not decay. That The, the Amplified says, decay, ruin, and destruction when we sow to the flesh. So, you said you heard the word and the Bible says when you sow into the teacher you're sowing into his life and you reap life which is peace joy everlasting but if we hold back then the flesh is causing us to hold back so now we're just sowing into the flesh and the word says we reap Decay, ruin, and destruction. Now, who would want that? Because something didn't leave my hands when I was taught. And I've never wanted to teach on, on giving. I stayed away from giving. And Brother Mac would get on to me. All these other ministers would get on to me about, Gene, you got to teach them how to give. you got to teach them how to give. He said, God's going to hold you accountable. Because that's the only way that you can advance the kingdom. You got to give your way into the kingdom inheritance. Because you got to connect with life so that you can advance. Because if you can't have that life of his, you'll never in advance into what he has in his life for you. So only a fool would want to reap decay, ruin, and destruction. That's what we all try to stay away from, right? That's why we get stressed out all the time. Because we're trying to avoid decay, ruin, and destruction. The Holy Spirit makes it so easy. He says, just so, and you can avoid decay, ruin, and destruction. And Corinthians says, as you sow, what measure you sow will be measured back to you. So I don't know about you, but I'm sowing big. Because when this kind of revelation pours into me in worship, I want to sow into it because I want to connect with it. I want this to come into my life. I want it to manifest in my life. It won't manifest until I connect. Until I'm a partaker of it. Isn't that good? So those riches in the glory are power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. So God will supply to the fill. Amen. Philippians 4.19 says, God will supply liberally 
Fill to the full your every need. Now, if the word can't lie, it's impossible for the word to lie. And God is saying in this verse, when you connect with life, when you be a partaker of what has been taught and you heard, it says, now I will supply liberally. That means liberally means I'm not going to hold back anything. And I'm going to fill to the full your every need. To the full. According to his riches and glory. Look how he just tied that whole message in. The riches according to the power, according to the riches, according to the wisdom, the strength, the honor, the glory, the blessing. It's amazing. Fill to the full. So God will supply and fill to the full every need as you connect with the riches of his glory. His word. His word that you heard is the riches of his glory. Amen. Come on, let's give him a big hand clap of praise. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Listen, the power is here.